Hello, this is Black Country Blokes chewing the fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk, but in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the moms, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. How been, yeah? This is the Black Country Blokes tuning up with me, Kev Dylan, Lee Cadman, and tonight we're joined by Pat Lewis. Now, we've had some technical difficulties, so please join us. You've only missed six minutes of his interview. It's all about Hillsborough. And if anyone would like to donate a computer, that's going to let us down today just to help our cause. Take care of yourselves. Going for a good five minutes. And I, I, I dis- distinctly remember thinking, I- I'm going to die here. Um, Five minutes is a long time when you're frightened, isn't it? Yeah, it, it was bad. And I remember it's it stuck with me for since, I mean, I'm 46 now, I was 15 then. Um, and if I get into a lift that's full now, I remember that crush. If I get into a room that's full, I panic. You know, you, you panic because you don't, you, the feeling of being crushed is, is just awful. Um, and then... Um, I said to Lee, the, the, the deciding factor was why I think I'm still here now. And that's outside the ground. So I can only imagine what it was like in the pens was uh, there was a massive guy and he, um, he put himself between me and my brother uh, and my dad. And he was, he was literally holding some of the crowd off us because you couldn't, you couldn't stand, you couldn't feel the ground. You would just be moved in his crown. And then I just remember being lifted up um, uh, I, remember, I remember there was a long, I mean, five minutes isn't a long time, but when you're in there, it feels like an eternity because you are thinking that we're going to, and I remember looking at my dad thinking, what are you going to do about this then? Uh, and as, when, you, when you're that young, your dad's a bit of a sort of uh, role model to you. With the, super, the superheroes, yeah. aren't they, in your mind? And when, he, when you look at him and he's got no ideas what to do because there is none, because you couldn't get out and you couldn't walk out and you couldn't go there. Uh, the only option was up. Um, and I distinctly remember, I think it must have been a policeman, he said, uh, get all the kids over over the turnstile, carry them over the turnstile by way of the crowd. Um, so up I went, revealing my Manchester United top at the time, <laughs> which I was, was, was obviously wasn't too bothered about at the time because I was so relieved to get out of there. Um, and up, up I went over. I, was, I remember being terrified because I remember thinking, my brother's still in there. Uh, my brother's a lot taller than me. My brother's six foot odd, but he, he's, you know, I remember thinking my brother and my dad are still in there. Um, and then I went into the Leppings Lane ends, and like I was saying to Lee and you before, I recall running down the tunnel towards the pens, and a policeman saying stopping me, um, and I came back, and I must have instinctively thought, I don't, I'm not happy with this. And then they opened the um, the gates on the Leppings Lane end, and it was like I can only I can only uh, describe it as uh, opening a floodgate on a weir. Uh, thousands upon thousands of fans going to a already overcrowded pen. Uh, the other issue was that North North Stand was to my left when I went in. Leppins Lane is when you go visit, it's a tiny tunnel. It's a really small tunnel that you run down to go into those pens. It, it's it's unbelievable. Um, and the, it, I remember there was must have been fans from North Stand who would run down into those pens because, and that's why they become so overcrowded because you didn't readily know. That that was North Stand, and North Stand was tickets only, and it was seats. So, and Leppings Lane was obviously standing in the pen. So, 
there must have been fans that should have been in North End, that didn't go into North End, like I did. I made that mistake, but came out just before there was a surge. Um, and um, then uh, sometime later, I, I saw my dad, and my dad came through the turnstiles as normal, and my brother. And obviously you think then, oh, this is a normal thing at football. This has just happened. It's fine now. It's over. Um, and of course it wasn't. Um, and we went into the North Stand. Uh, and what what... I think what was believed to be football violence, I remember seeing Forest fans gesturing towards Liverpool fans who were coming onto the pitch, um, and it was just chaos. I mean, it was just absolute chaos. Um, um, there was police officers obviously there trying to assist. You didn't know whether you didn't know for a long time what was going on until that pitch was half full of Liverpool fans and people obviously quite clearly unconscious and lying down. Um, and you could obviously see the police respirate people or trying to uh, respirate people. Um, and even the Notts Forest fans thought it was a pitch invasion to attack them because they started coming over as well, if I remember. Or they started running towards at least the cage in front of them as if to, to gesture the Liverpool fans on. And you could quite clearly see Liverpool fans trying to tell the authorities that it, it, it wasn't a pitch invasion. It was um, There was a ma- major issue in those pens that they were full. And look, we're here today to tell Pat's story. We're not here to get at any any fans or at the police this is just his experience of what he saw at that time and then the effects that it's given to him sorry pat carry on yeah so, so can i just say yeah. um we have had slight audio issues we apologize for that we think it was craig um so if i was looking down my phone that was why pat it wasn't just me. i was trying to <laughs> trying to sort that out um but it is all cleared up now so we're, we're good to go yeah um and then it became quite clear um what happened um but as i said before you you're in a stand where some of the fans thought that this was a, a hooligan pitch invasion and other fans were realising that it wasn't. There was there was obviously some medical needs going on and, it, and something very, very bad was unfolding. Um, and people were fighting in our stand and that was probably, for a 15-year-old lad, that's probably the most, one of the most scary, other than what happened before, that was as scary because people were starting to fall into disorder within the stand. And these were quite clearly decent people, you know what I mean, who just lost yeah. their way because yeah, they were frightened, they didn't know what was going on. Uh, they were obviously angry at the authorities, maybe, uh, because there was no ambulances coming on. Um, so I could, you could feel you could feel the, the sheer anger and, uh, you know, temper in, 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 the, in the people that were around you. Um, bear in mind, when something like this happens on that day, um, I mean... The authorities were probably ill-prepared to deal with it now, but, I mean, then they were even more so. So, um, And then, obviously, what you see on the on the footage is um, the ambulances coming on. Uh, it was pretty obvious what had happened. Um, and you, you saw bodies of people, to be honest. Um, and I bet that's been so traumatic, especially as a child. And at 15, mm. you think you're a grown-up, but you're a child. Yeah. Seeing that, that fear in your dad's eyes as a superhero and these other grown-ups, and then... Being rescued, but not re- you've been rescued, but you're on your own and not know yeah. well, what what do I do now? I've been rescued, mm-hmm. and then seeing the chaos of the bodies. I mean, God, it must have been horrific. Yeah, it was, and then um, I think you, you just feel cold, don't you? Um, because you shouldn't go to a football match, and that happened really, should you? Um, you were saying, saying earlier too, wasn't it? In fact, you're quite mm. at that age. You were quite experienced with yeah. things happening at football matches as well, wouldn't you? So it wasn't just it took a lot at that point to scare you because you'd, you'd seen a lot within yeah i mean i went to, i went to a lot of football i mean i was saying to lee um we used to go to old trafford a lot me and my dad and it was just generally me and my dad at that time we used to go together 
Um, and you'd go at Summer by the way as it was then, which was a long road. Thousands of Manchester United fans trying to get into their stands. Um, and uh, you, it wasn't too, it wasn't unknown to get kicked by a horse. They used to throw the horses down there um, to get a baton, the odd baton strike. You get an odd baton strike as well. Or you, you know, you, you, it would you get quite get get into a crush because there's that many fans trying to get into the ground at one time. Um, so we, 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 you were not. It wasn't naive. You, you were not. I wasn't naive to to crushes and and sort of body movement, you know, and and sort of serious things like that. But it, but Hill, that crush outside was. Um, I mean, I've never forgotten that, and I can still feel it now today. Should we show that clip now? Yeah, let's get on. Hopefully, all this works for us. And how does that make you feel, Pat? Looking back, because you were that little lad in the Man United top who's getting carried yeah. on the top. Um, I find it quite hard to watch, to be honest, the other day. Um, but it's—I um, do remember it, and I, you know, I've seen that footage many, many times now because um, it was at the inquest and everything. Um, I mean, I'm just so thankful to be out there, to be honest. So, because, like you're saying, like by chance you were strolling through YouTube or something, and you hadn't four bed in years, and then that popped up, and it brought it all coming back to you, didn't it? Like trauma. Well, I came. I, I started in when I'm um, probably um, probably about well forty six now. But about ten years ago, I started dreaming. It was really weird. I started dreaming Hillsborough again. I started getting that that sound. You know that crowd. You can hear what they're saying. Yeah. They're swearing and saying the words slang and things like yeah. that. Um, I started hearing that again, and when I went to bed at night, I would relive Hillsborough again. And that came out of the blue for me. It, I, I don't know where that came from. I think it was because I, I I saw a piece of footage. And I, and I don't know who he was with at the time, but I said, that's me, that is. That's definitely me there. Um, uh, and everything started coming back to the point where I, I ended up having counselling about it. Because so. like back then in the late 80s, there wasn't the counselling, wasn't no. there? Wasn't like, oh, you've just seen so-and-so been crushed, you haven't lost, just, you know, counselling wasn't acceptable as it is today, is it? No. Um I it's mean, post-traumatic stress, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm, I'm better now. Um, I don't really like to. I mean, it was hard doing this to when you know we went through that footage and we together, and it was yeah. hard watching that footage. I was, I was starting to get palpitations again. You know, like a not a panic attack, but you start your chest gets a bit tight, then you're starting to feel that that nervous feeling, and you know, um, I felt that today. Um, I just felt that now again. Um, you know, so it's. Um, it's it's one of the I say I'm better now. I mean, I went through. I still can't get into lifts, full lifts. I'll avoid them like the plague. I'm still wary of that 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 feeling of being crushed, that feeling of being not being able to get out, and not being in control of, you know, where you are in the situation you're in. So I still I think I'll get that probably for the rest of my life. Um, but I'm here today, and that's the main thing. And luckily, I didn't go into that pen um, because if it was that bad outside as it was, I can imagine what it was like in there. And that scary footage, I say, we we went through and looked at some footage earlier, and it gets worse from that point, doesn't it? Yeah. That 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 really is the start of it, isn't it? That that what we've just seen yeah. being carried um, over, and it doesn't. It, it in actual minutes, it doesn't last that much long after that. No. But it just gets so much worse so quick. 
Yeah, and I think people should ask themselves the question of whether you, you could stop that from happening because it happened so quickly. You've got to make a decision. It's not always it's decisions on. It's great in hindsight, hindsight yeah. to make a decision, but when you've got to make that decision, I'm still sort of you know. Um, for me, it was a right decision because I, I well, I was I've been carried out, and I. Yeah. But for my family, it was a right decision to open that gate because um, it saved my family. But um, but well, you know, you then wonder whether that has an adverse effect on the pens, and that's what you know. So that's that's what hangs heavy in my head, really, a yeah. little bit. But like, I bet, like when you've like you've lost your dad, you've lost your brother, and yeah. then or I bet the the relief of thinking, thank God, Dad's here. Yeah, you know, what I mean, because as you say, like you've been carried away. They've saved you, but then it's like, what do I do with myself now? Yeah. You know what I mean? I bet, I bet that was such a, a part conflict of emotions. And then to see him again, thinking, thank God, you you, you am still alive. We are all leaving here but then together. You, but then you go into a stand where people are fighting and there's no control in that stand at all. And you're thinking, because I, I, obviously I had quite a nice background anyway. I came from a really bad background before, but I had a really nice background growing up, which obviously you remember more than when you started life. So I was never exposed to sort of, uh, I'd seen football violence quite quite often at matches, uh, and seen it since. Um, but I was never exposed to that sort of when you you got no control around you. There's no security around you, so you know anything goes at that minute. And you're in that stand, and things are going on in that stand. It's going on the pitch. It's going in the pens. Um, you know, it's it's a feeling I'd never had before, and an experience I'd never had before of not knowing what's going to happen next. So. Um, I mean, it, it just my, it destroyed my brother emotionally. Yeah. He didn't, never got over Hillsborough, I don't think. Is he uh, your older brother? Yeah, my older brother. He's a, he's a he's a doctor now, a surgeon. But he was bad for a long time afterwards, emotionally broken, and uh, you know, very tearful. Um, and I can we funny enough, it's not funny, but uh, we we had a lad from Africa who'd come over to do you know you know when you used to have the overseas stays at yeah. school yeah foreign exchange so he's normally they, they, I think he was French mm. um, African so he'd come from France he'd turn around to me and we got home and it's oh it, I mean it's gonna I mean I can't remember one word being said in that car on the way home because obviously everything's coming in my dad's probably got the radio on he's listening to that if I could recall but I don't remember one word that was said in that car. Um, and um, which is unusual because normally you dissect the game afterwards. If we went to Old Trafford, saw the United play or something, and um, especially a big game like that, you know, it was yeah, a big occasion, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, the FA Cup of the semi final, mm. semi final FA Cup, I should say. But when we got back, he turned to me, this French kid, lad, I can't remember, some more, I think his name was, and he said, Does that happen at every game you go to? And I was like, No, <laughs> but he had nothing else to reference it to, yeah, yeah, exactly. And he, God knows what he thinks now. I mean, he's going to be sort of, he was probably my age, so. Um, God knows what he must have thought when he got home to France. Said I've just been the Hillswood, you know, Hillswood disaster, the biggest disaster in football history. Um, so, um, uh, and we don't we don't really discuss it. If I've spoken to my brother, I've probably spoken to him about it once. He won't discuss it. Um, so, because how many lives were lost? Ninety six. Ninety six lives. So I I go back to school on the Monday, um, and obviously you say to your, your people, you know, I was there. And they're like, yeah, of course you were. I said, no, I was there. I was one or two lads from my school um, who went to that match, and I came back, and he didn't because he died. So, and do you remember his name? John O'Brien. John O'Brien. Like at the end of this, have, have we got that clip? Yes, uh, mate. Well, a minute. Our respects to those those poor people who um, went there to watch a game of football and didn't 
So yeah, that's um, 96 people just out for a game of football and uh, didn't return. Yeah. And, um, and I mean, I know uh, your lovely wife, Kim. Mm, See, yeah. Kim, I have mentioned you. We're <laughs> uh, like, the, the love of a partner and then being a daddy, that, that can, she's helped, she's no end, hasn't she? Yeah, she's been very supportive because she could see. Um, the, the, the problem was for me is when it came back later, I I found that a bit strange that I was fine and then it came back. And it, it must be something that just start, just starts off um, those memories again. Of course, I mean, I was a dad then as well. So, you know, when you've got kids, you know, you're thinking, well, what would I be thinking if I was there with my kids? Um, you know, and, and and that was why I must have come back. And obviously, I went through a, a real bit. I was I went through a troubled time. You know, I was trying to come to terms with it as an adult, uh, where I coped with it quite well as a kid, but as an adult, couldn't cope with it very well. Um, so, you know, um, and then you had to sit through the whole inquest again, and then the subsequent you know decisions on the court, you know, case and things like that. So it's it, it was everywhere Hillsborough for a long time, wasn't it? Um, and all the inquests and everything, and they have another inquest again because the first one was uh, decided to be wrong. So, um, you know, I just grab, really, what I take from it is just take every day as it comes, make the most of life, because you don't know when you're going to go to something like that and it's going to end, do you? And I think what you said, like, when you become a dad, yeah, like, what we can deal with as a kid, like, when you become a dad, you, just, you start seeing the world different. Like, when you're a kid, you love roller coasters, and then when you get become a dad, you think, well, hang on, that might kill me. And I think, like, on a smaller scale, but, like, then having your children, thinking, well, maybe if I talk Josh to the wolves and he loves the wolves, and if I talk Jasmine and... What's your eldest, sorry? Uh, Amelia. Amelia. Yeah. And you start taking them out. You take them to a pop concert, and it happens then. And I imagine all those emotions come back, like your dad, a special day out for you and your bro. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. Yeah, and you, you, you experience that. Um, I mean, you know, you, you sort of... I mean, I've taken Josh to the walls a couple of times. I mean, that killed football for me. I mean, I was I was so fanatical about football. I mean, I don't think there was a, day, a moment in the day I didn't think about football. Uh, I mean, my my room was caked in Man United shirts. I had every shirt of that era. I didn't miss. I had programs everywhere. I mean, I still got the hills. I've still got both programs from 80, 1988 and nineteen eighty nine. But it, it, I don't think I looked at football the same after that day. I think that 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 killed it for me. I thought I, I, you know, I didn't have that. I lost a bit of that hunger for the game, and um, part of me died that day. I mean, I've never had any allegiance to Liverpool Football Club whatsoever, other than just admiring the way they play. And obviously now, but being a Manchester United fan, you 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 it's in, in it's innate in you to almost not like them. I suppose in many ways, um, but the only link I'll ever have with them with that club will be Hillsborough. So, and I imagine there's probably many of people like me who, who who went there as probably independents and and have had that that link with that club ever since. And it's not that you've gone out for Liverpool; it's just that as traumatized for the event, isn't it? And it's yeah, and it's because of what's happened. And I think that if that had been you've gone to see a boxing match or yeah. anything, it's it's that traumatic thing which was supposed to be such a happy occasion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm mean, just this family. I mean, because. When we went on the Monday to school and his mum was on the stage, obviously, 
Um, I mean, she, his son had been dead for two days, so it was it was obviously quite bad to watch her because she was obviously extremely distraught. Um, and I don't think it I don't think it hit home for a long time what I'd been involved in or what I'd experienced on that day. Um, but later in my thirties, when I when I started reliving it, it was it was crystal clear that day. It came flooding back to, from that walk in the sun. Uh, being hot, cold, hot, cold, to seeing Liverpool fans enjoy themselves, and then what transpired and happened, um, that came back vividly. That did. Uh, well, I mean, you, you know, you're never going to forget anything like that, are you? So I think a lot of time you don't get the magnitude of it until days no. later, either, do you? Or years later, you don't, you it, don't it, really it, get what you were involved in. But no. like almost twenty years on, yeah, and then it just goes boom, the lights come back on, kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it was a, it was a surreal thing, really, because. Um, I'd had other experiences at that at that time, um, you know. I'd um, you know I'd I'd had other experiences which obviously I won't go into, but I, I'd had experiences uh, which were never as bad as that. I mean, that was that tops them all Hillsborough. But um, I thought I'd got over. I thought I'd grown into a man and been a dad, and and then it came back, and obviously you, you start having um, sort of you know your your sort of anger anger phase comes back and all this, and you. You know, you start reliving it at night, and you can't sleep, and that obviously causes initial problems because you you're then tired all the time, and then sort of you know you have to you have to seek help, then you have to go and find someone who, who you can talk to, um, who will understand uh, what you've gone through. I mean, I haven't lost any members of my family, but I saw it all, um, so um, that could have easily been you, your dad, your brother, oh, and so, it yeah. was yeah. your school colleague, you know, and yeah, I mean, I went down that tunnel and I went down into that pen. And I came back again. For I don't know why. It might have been the, the police officer shouting. I think he said something like, where's your dad or something. I think that's what he said. It'll stop there or something. Um, but I, I quite, for many, many years after that, I thought, I, I, I mean, I, I, my stuff came from what happened outside, which was really, really bad, that crush. But um, the, the thought that I was actually in that pen initially and then came out, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's a weird thought in itself, really. So if you'd have stayed there, yeah, it'd have happened. Because it was quite some time between me coming out of that pen, standing by the wall, watching these fans fly down there, singing, excitedly singing. It wasn't like, it was excitement, sheer excitement, dreading, because they were going into the stands to watch Liverpool play. The issue was you could hear the match being played, that was the issue. So that made it more exciting for them, because they could hear that they, they were missing the match. Missing I'll be first, get, 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 yeah. get close yeah. as I can mm. to see them playing. And that, 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 that caused you then to, to rush, doesn't it? Mm. Because if, you, if you've been a football fan or a boxing fan, like I am now, um, and, you, and, you, and you miss the start of a match, you, you're desperate to get it on, aren't you? Yeah. And once it's on, you relax. And it, look, look, I'm here now, it's on. So, um, so, yeah, I'm very lucky, and there's not a day it doesn't go back. I, I don't sort of count, you know... I didn't realise how lucky, lucky I am in many ways. I think you, you mentioned again off air that you had you had basically a guardian angel there with you, didn't you, when, when it yeah, was going so, on? Yeah, so this bloke, and he's, he's a huge bloke. I mean, I remember him. I can't remember his face. I remember he, he had black hair, and I remember he was massive, and he he was a big, big bloke. And my dad's only small. Uh, and he was literally holding the crowd off, off me because uh, you could see I was going under. And how I didn't go under, I don't know. Because once you're under there, that's it. It's over because you're under the crowd then. And he was holding me up. Uh, keeping the crowd off me until they lifted me over. Um, so, you know, big thanks to him, really. As you say, once you're under the water, you stay under it, don't you? Yeah, once you go under those feet, I don't yeah. think you're coming up from there, yeah. um, which is obviously what was happening in those pens. They were going under, being dragged under, and then once you're under, you, you, you're being stamped to death on you. And then petrifying. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Can't yeah. imagine, can you? You yeah. just can't. No. And have you affected? It's affected you in other things in life, apart from the like the lift, is it? Have you had to lift? Obviously, like, did you find it affected you in the younger things, like with, like going to like a nightclub or going to a football match or a boxing match or whatever? Yeah, I don't like crowds. I don't sort of. I get anxious about going places um, where there's lots of people. I don't like going places where there's lots of people. Um, I remember going to a, a bonfire night at Himley Hall, mm. and there was, if not hundreds, there was thousands of people there. All I think we've in. all been there at one point at Himley, yeah. and it, yeah. I, don't, I don't enjoy that, to be no, honest. And I was literally saying to my wife, bless her, I was saying, oh, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here with this. Um, it's it's that panic you get, because I felt the panic. I thought, this is it, I'm, I'm dead. Um, you, you feel that, that, that panicking feeling. That's the worst feeling, is it, where you think... I can't get out of this. I'm not going to get out of this. This is it. Um, and so if it hadn't been for that bloke, I think I, I probably would have died on the outside that ground. So, um, which is obviously a, a weird thing to say, but I, I truly believe I would have because my dad wouldn't have been able. He wouldn't have been able to do anything. And uh, there was that many people behind us uh, pushing, and you, you just you wouldn't. I was such a small kid. I'm a small bloke now, but I was tiny as a kid. I just wouldn't have survived that. Um, but yeah, any any sort of, to answer your question, Kev, any sort of, where there's lots of crowds. Uh, I mean, football now, you go to a football match and you've got loads of space. The seats are, you know, nicely positioned. You can walk you can walk through the walkways and go out and go to the loo and do whatever you've got to do and there's no crush or... Uh, so it's different football now. It wasn't, it was, it was very much, it was different then. Because you're explaining this to me because I, I don't know nothing about football. Yeah. But you had the seating area... Over there, and your lot was all just standing area, wasn't it? No, it was well in the north stand. It, it, yeah, where where the crush happened. Right, so the crush in the in the eighties, the crush was in the pens. Yeah. So you had a fence that went over, so you shouldn't you shouldn't be able to get over the fence because they worried about crowd violence, wouldn't they? What happened was as those as as those pens filled up, um, they the the fans came in. Uh, I'm not. I'm not an expert. I'm just yeah, talking yeah. of what I what I can what you can recall. Remember, that's all we want. And they filled the gap that should be. There should be a gap so you can move backwards if need be. And obviously, they, those fans were being crushed against the, the fence. Yeah. Um, so, um, and there was a pen that was empty, but they couldn't open the, the door. I don't think, or they couldn't get in there to to relieve. They always had. An, they should have had, or they they did have, an empty pen to relieve that happening, but for some reason they couldn't get into that pen. So they were maintained, I'm thinking, three pens, I'm thinking. Without seeing the footage, I don't know, I can't recall. Yeah. Um, but I'm thinking that it happened in the three three pens, and there was four pens. So you had an overflow pen as well. Uh, but it, ha- it would have happened so quick. I mean, for me, going over the turnstile, standing there waiting for my dad, I'm talking about seconds before that door opened, and I can just simply remember them opening that gate, and everyone came through that gate and down that tunnel. There's no way for them to go, was there? No, it, no. As I say, I always describe mm. it as a weird, you know, when you open the door and a weird, and the pressure is is like, like that. Tsunami. It reminds me of that. Yeah, it's it's going through that hole one way or the other, and that's what happened. And they went down there, and you know, ninety six of them died. So, um, and just thank God I didn't go down there. Well, I did, but I got back out. So, um, so that's really, that's really what that is. And apart from obviously. Your wife, who's been a massive help. Yeah, she has. What, yeah. what, what forms of like um, counselling and what, what other things seem to help? Well, I had counselling because it was getting really bad. Um, 
it was starting to affect work and stuff like that. So I was starting to affect home life a little bit as well. So I had counselling, which helped a lot. Um, uh, and I had one form of counselling. Um, and then, that, that, yeah, that helped. That helped a lot. Um, I mean, so I still, I don't really talk. I mean, I said I'd come on and do it, didn't I? Yeah. Um, I dreaded it again. Dreaded the first one, dreaded this one. <laughs> <laughs> We're not that bad. <laughs> no, no. But I, I, was, I was dreading this one because it's so, um, I suppose, close to the heart's the wrong word, but it's so traumatic to to yeah, relive to every step of it again. And, you know, um, and obviously I see it differently than I did as a 15-year-old lad because I then now see the... You you, you you value life more, don't you? Mm. When you get older, you hold on to life more than I would have then. Um, and obviously, uh, being a father now, you you know, you, you, your emotions change. Everything changes, the emotions change. You know, you're a different person, aren't you, as you get older into your 30s and 40s. You become a different person completely. Um, so, yeah, when I was watching that footage today, it was quite hard to watch because you can feel, you almost feel as you were feeling at the time, again. Um be very hard to watch and I'll say for something that was so many years ago yeah. and it just I'm re-watching it it's just going to bring that back up but on the same note no doubt that helps you deal with it better by talking about it um, yeah 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 um, and again I've dealt with things that have been not as, as traumatic but nearly as traumatic since better probably because I experienced that mm. um, I mean we all know that you need to we need to be, I mean, I come from that generation that we all come from where you don't talk about your feelings. I was always surrounded by hard men, I suppose. Um, and the main thing that, that linked them all together is they never spoke about their feelings or how they felt about something. And I took that on as being, you know, I suppose if you talked about something, it was like a point of weakness, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're over talking. That's what we're trying to change, though, here, Pat. And that's why you're here. That's yeah, what yeah. you're trying to change. That's what we're trying to change. I mean, we, are, we either talk about it to learn from our lessons from the past, mm. and uh, and you and you you know you you you're learning from what happened that day and how that should never ever happen again. Um, or um, you know you you're talking about it for yourself where you're trying to mend, aren't you? Mm -hmm. uh, and forget about what happened and, and move on. So. I think I have moved on. I think I, I, I don't think about it all the time anymore. Um, I mean, I still, it still upsets me a little bit when I see it um, and the footage and stuff. It still, it still sort of takes me back there a little bit, but not so much now. Yeah, well, I think that's that's going to happen, isn't yeah. it? That's definitely going to see footage of it. And I, I mean, even me watching it, I was, I, I was in disbelief. And I really, before speaking to you and watching that footage, I didn't have a clue really. I didn't. I said to you, then I presume the whole stadium had got filled with people, and there were, you know, but it actually, it was a small part of the stadium where the the, the issues were. Yeah. Um. So I didn't have the, but even me, it was upsetting me watching it because you can see it happening, can't you? Yeah. And again, in hindsight, we can see it happening. We can look at the CCTV and see what's going on and where. Um. But to be there in it, you you just you must have just been clueless to what was really going on. You know, yeah. How do you? Why is this still happening? You don't know, do you? No, you don't no. know until you look back. No, I mean, it was good. I think it was a good... Oh, God, it's got to be a good 15, 20 minutes. I mean, I'm, I'm just zooming now because it's so long ago before you realise what what was happening. Mm. And it was really serious, I mean, because there were some bodies coming out of there. Mm. Um, and you... You you, uh, you, um, you can only sort of register to how serious something is from somebody, okay, the police, and how they're reacting. Um, so when you 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 know you've seen police officers trying to revive several people at one time, 
you know, it's got to be bad, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, so you know, um, and when you come home and you come home and my mum's there and she doesn't know really what's gone because she can only see on the news. I mean, you can imagine what she's thinking because... You, you I'm, can't, can you? I'm thinking, I mean, I'm thinking, do we have mobile phones then? I don't think my dad had one. No, 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 so she was waiting probably. Hoping you're coming home. Well, North Wales to Sheffield's got to be... Um, it's, it's, got, a good drive. it's got It's got to be a fair yeah. four-hour drive or something, yeah. three-hour drive. So she was waiting, Neon, f- uh, from the time it started, probably six or seven hours to know that nothing happened to us. Yeah. And how many poor other buggers were waiting that time and then yeah, yeah. they didn't come home. But like, your mum thinking, I just hope to God my family comes home to me. Yeah. And that's traumatic in itself, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. We don't always see that side of it, do we? No. When, you, when you're in the fight, you don't think about your loved ones who are watching you. No. You know what I mean? Because you're, you're just surviving, but, but your poor mum sat there thinking, I want my family to come home. Yeah, yeah, it must be bad for her. I mean, I remember her standing at the door as we came in, um, through in the car, because we had quite a big driveway, and she was stood there at the door. Um, so um, she was obviously waiting um, and watching the news, because they had that help. I, I just didn't remember the helpline being on the news for all day and all night, probably. Um, so, but, um, yeah, so, uh, and obviously, I mean, when you talk about Hillsborough now, you're talking to a generation that probably weren't even born when it happened. So, um, they, they probably wouldn't, not being insulting, but they probably wouldn't really understand the, 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 the how bad that was. Well, I say, uh, Pat, I didn't until I watched that footage. I didn't, didn't fully understand what was going on. And I, I was born at that point. I was very young, but I'd have been, no one to been, I'd have been. 84, so just after one. Oh, yeah. it would have been, sorry, 89, wasn't it? Yeah, so. yeah. But it's just something you know the name, obviously. You know, and, I knew the name. Know, and you I'll... know something's happened. Yeah. Because, yeah. But it, it's, like with anything, it's like with any history, it's great to have someone there to actually walk you through how they felt. Because otherwise yeah. it's just a, an after-school special, isn't it? But you've got to mm-hmm. realise that affected so many families. Uh, and it can be just numbers on a screen, can't yeah. it, when, you, when you're not relating to an experience. Yeah. Although it's a lot of numbers, uh, uh, 96, it is just a number. But actually, that 96, that's 96 people. That's 96 families affected. Um, you were saying there was... there was um, Yeah, the two girls. Two, two girls, wasn't there? Um, Sarah Hicks and... I can't remember the other girl's name. Apologise for that. Uh, so he lost his two daughters at that at Hillsborough. Yeah, just... just um, I mean, that's your, your future generation yeah. gone, isn't it? Mm. In, in one game, you know. Um I mean, my mum. My mum lives up in Yorkshire, and, and uh, I don't know how it ma- how it happened, but she she sudden she started talking to and- Andy Burnham, the MP. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, now Andy Burnham he led the the charge for uh, the inquest right. on behalf of you know uh, the Liverpool fans. Uh, so he spoke to her in some great length about uh, what she knew about Hillsborough because he didn't know a lot of it mm-hmm. from a, a you know spectator point of view. Uh, so she spoke to him about that. And he was quite interested to hear the story, obviously, that we'd my dad would have told my mum at the time. Um, so that was quite interesting. And that's sort of, you know, 20-odd years later. Because that's only happened, I think, over the last couple of years. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, so for him to get an account um, from a child's point of view or from a, an adult's point of view at that time, uh, obviously aided his, his, his march to try and get um, some sort of... Uh, I suppose justice for them, I suppose, is the word I should use. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Pat, unless there's anything else you want to say about it, I'm going to go into, I'll advertise uh, 
the next couple of shows? No, I'll just say thanks my wife Kim for and my kids as well, really, supporting me through it all. Um, uh, because you can't, you can't get it through, you can't really get through something like that without their help as well. well family. And family hasn't just got to be blood. Family is those who you choose to have in your life. Um, well, me and Lee were up here earlier today because as we know, we're all going into lockdown on Thursday. So me and Lee uh, interviewed uh, Bally Baines from Papyrus. Papyrus is a, um, it's a suicide line for youths, I think up to 30. 35, yeah. Um, but that will be getting released on Thursday. Um, Thursday, so please watch it. Because Papyrus do so many wonderful things, different apps that people can get onto, hotlines, text messages. It's a brilliant little organisation. And then on Tuesday, we are going to be going at slightly later times from next week. We're going to be going at 7.30 because obviously we're all going to be in different homes and whatever. And we're going to be joined by Sky Stewart who uh, is going to be coming on talking about her life and her journey. So um, before we leave, uh, Pat, have you got any sayings or things that have got you through life? Just uh, take every day as it comes, make the most of each day, uh, your opportunities, um, uh, and just grab life like they can't now. So, and then just remember that you, your life can be over in a, in a split second like that um, and just grab every opportunity you can. Enjoy life. So until we see each other next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Ta-ra a bit. Listen, listen, listen. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you would like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, ta a bit. Listen, listen.